Well, good morning. My name is Ryan Schreckengast. I'm one of the preachers here. And this morning, I want us to start off uh, with a little imagination practice. So warm up your imaginations with me this morning. Imagine that you have been watching a court case where a man has been charged with a very serious crime. All right, build that that picture in your minds and you've been watching maybe in the courtroom itself. You've gone to observe these proceedings and the last weeks have seen testimony after testimony after testimony and mountains of material evidence begin to pile up against this man. But the man, by some miracle has been assigned the best lawyer in the country. They have the highest rate of acquittal that has ever been known and has even been known to pay from their own pocket his client's fees himself. This lawyer has been appointed to the man. And on top of that, the judge who is hearing this case is the one who has been known to be the most fair yet compassionate judge that any case could be tried before. The man's situation is truly dire, but there is hope. And so as you watch, the judge asks the lawyer to make his closing argument on behalf of his client. But before the lawyer can open his mouth, the man jumps to his feet and he screams at the top of his lungs, this lawyer does not speak for me. I am the only one who will speak for myself. And I reject you, judge, as having any authority over me. You cannot decide my guilt or my innocence. You are nothing but a tyrant judge. In fact, this entire justice system is laughable. None of you can judge me. My actions are my own. And no matter what you say, only I am qualified to judge myself. I am innocent. I find you all guilty. I reject you and your appointed lawyer, and your whole justice system. Friends, this man is what the Proverbs calls a scoffer. And the scoffer is the worst kind of fool that there is. The scoffer is the fool who believes themselves to be wise, and so rejects their true source of wisdom and the only hope that they had. So if you've been imagining that with me this morning, how would you feel watching something like that happen? Would you feel awkward? Would you feel uncomfortable? Maybe even sick? In your stomach and your heart, thinking about what will now happen and knowing that it could have been so different. 
What would you go home from the courtroom that morning thinking or feeling? I hope this morning every one of us looks at that man and says, that would never be me. Because this morning, I am not preaching to the scoffer. This morning, I am not preaching to the worst kind of fool who believes that they are the true source of wisdom. Because that would be wasting my time. But this morning, I am pleading with those of us who are here this morning, who know that we can still learn from the folly of that fool. We will still turn from our own foolishness so that we may never, never, never let our hearts harden that far. So if you cannot see yourself as that man this morning, then I am preaching to you. Because we will see this morning first the depths of the scoffer's folly. And secondly, we will learn how the wise deal with scoffers. And lastly, we will be warned of exactly what the fate of that scoffer is. And we will get to hear the verdict that is passed down by the judge on the scoffer. And so I pray by the grace of God that all of us this morning may repent of our own foolishness. And that we will grow this morning in the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. So that is where we're going this morning. Let's look together first at the scoffer's folly. What is a scoffer according to Proverbs? Proverbs 21 verse 24 says, Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. Remember that all of these Proverbs we must read in light of the context that we learned from chapters 1 through 9. So wisdom is a journey toward the Lord and away from self. And according to that framework, the scoffer is not only someone who is so prideful and oriented toward themselves, which is true of every fool but someone who has traveled that path so far that they have developed an arrogance and a pride in the very rejection of God's truth. Their self-identity has become rooted in their rejection of the Lord. That is the scoffer. The scoffer is so certain of their own wisdom that they not only reject the wisdom of God, but they go another step further to mock and deride the wisdom of God as foolishness. They get it backwards, friends. So, for example, a professor who believes that the Bible is contradictory is foolish 
but a professor who ridicules his students, who learn, or who ridicules his students if he learns that they are believers, he is a scoffer. Or a political leader who rejects the worldview of Christianity, they are foolish. But a leader like Karl Marx who views religion as merely a drug to deaden the mind and prevent happiness, he is a scoffer. Friends, the scoffer is the worst kind of fool. Because they not only reject the life that God offers, but they elevate death in its place. Friends, the scoffer anchors their pride in their rejection of God. And they take joy and view with arrogance the life that he offers. And so that pride that takes root in their heart hardens their heart and rejects any possibility of correction. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 12 says this, A scoffer does not like to be reproved. He will not go to the wise. This means that the scoffer will not allow the wisdom of God to even come into their presence. They will mock and they will condemn and they will belittle and despise anyone who speaks the words of life to them. And this often appears as anger. It appears as anger at those who believe the word of God. They're infuriated. The scoffer is infuriated that God would dare to judge them. And then they will hate those who stand for what he says is true. Friends, the scoffer is the worst kind of fool. Because they only do, they not only do not receive the life of the gospel, but they will avoid that life like the plague. Pun intended. Friends, the scoffer cannot be corrected. Though they build this elaborate reasons for their mockery, And they even may pursue every other so-called source of worldly wisdom. They will not consider the gospel. Because it has become so offensive to them. And as a result, consider the warnings of Proverbs chapter 14 verse 6. A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain. But knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. This scoffer who has rejected the truth of God may seem to seek wisdom. But they seek it in vain because they will not go to the wise. While by contrast, those who understand the truth of the gospel 
cannot help but find knowledge no matter where they go. Friends, the scoffer is the worst kind of fool because they are so convinced of their own wisdom that they found in their own heart that they cannot hear the truth even though it's screamed from the, from the proverbial rooftops. Say that five times fast. Or even once. <laughs> they cannot hear it, even though it is screamed from the rooftops. And that is exactly what the personification of wisdom is described as doing in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. Read that with me. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. What does she say? How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Do you see, friends? The problem is that the scoffer delights in their scoffing. The scoffer is the worst kind of fool because they find their joy in tearing down the works of wisdom. Nothing gives the scoffer greater pleasure than opposing the righteousness of God. Friends, this is what the Proverbs describes as a scoffer. And so this morning, I am not preaching to the scoffer. But wisdom addresses herself to two groups in addition to the scoffer in chapter 1. Wisdom calls out to both the simple and the fool. Those are the categories that our hearts too often match, don't they? In one way or another, we have seen over the past several weeks studying Proverbs, the propensity of our hearts to be either simple or downright foolish. But Lord willing, never so hard as to be the scoffer. We are still merely observing from the courtroom this court case, friends. But we must recognize that our own trial date is fast approaching. And so we must learn from the scoffer. In the second point of your outline, we will see how God is capable of even using this scoffer for our sakes. For the sakes of the simple and the foolish. So let's continue and see what the Lord does. 
Have you ever encountered a scoffer as has been described here in Proverbs? Someone not merely foolish, but the worst kind of fool. What does Proverbs say about dealing with this kind of person? Let's start with Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 through 8. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. So the first instruction for a wise person is to not, I repeat, not reprove or you might say rebuke or correct a scoffer. That's fascinating. Wouldn't you think that the person who most vehemently opposes the truth of God is the person who should be most vehemently rebuked? But Proverbs says no. Because doing so will not benefit them, but will only earn you injury and hate. But how then can God use a scoffer? If they have so thoroughly rejected the life that God offers and replaced it with death, what can God possibly do with such a person? If by the very command of God, the wise person should not expose themselves to harm in a vain attempt to correct the scoffer, then are they now so far from him that they have become outside of his plan? No. Friends, God is still the judge. He is still all authority. And the scoffer has not succeeded in removing himself or sorry, in removing God from the role of judge. They have merely succeeded in removing themselves from the role where they can have mercy. Friends, God is still faithful to his own nature. And he will not squander the life even of the scoffer but rather he will use it for the good of the wise and of the simple. Look at Proverbs 21.11. When a scoffer is punished, the simple become wise. When a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. And Proverbs chapter 19 verse 25 reiterates this hope. Strike a scoffer and the simple will learn prudence. Reprove a man of understanding and he will gain 
knowledge. Friends, if a scoffer is beyond reproof or correction, he is not beyond being used by God. But all that is left is punishment. All that remains is for them to receive the consequences of their choices from a just judge. Why? Not so that they themselves might learn, but that others might learn from them. Does this seem harsh? It does. But think about the grace of God that is being demonstrated here, friends. God is just and he is merciful. So what an incredible God we serve who would use those who are the very most opposed to him. And he would use even them to redeem anyone who will listen. Part of wisdom's cry to the fool and the simple and even to the wise is to learn from the fate of the scoffer. And because the scoffer is the worst kind of fool, that leaves a lot of room for everyone else. It leaves a lot of room for everyone else to learn. Even Saul, who hunted down Christians, repented when he faced Jesus on the road. So there is hope for those of us who are not yet that hard of heart. But repent, we must. We must not look at the fate of the scoffer and allow it to harden our hearts. We must let our hearts be softened. Look again at Proverbs one twenty two. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Wisdom asks, how long? If the simple love being simple, then how long will they continue to move towards themselves and away from the Lord? How long before simplicity becomes foolishness? And if the foolish hate knowledge, then how long before the foolish begin to scoff at reproof? Friends, time moves us all down one path or another. We are all moving toward the life that is offered by God in wisdom 
or we are moving towards the death that is hidden by the folly in our own hearts. So friends, this morning, I am not preaching to the scoffer. And I hope that we are all repelled by the degree of their foolishness. But I pray that we see that the scoffer did not get there overnight. Let me say it again. The scoffer did not get there overnight. Friends, you do not become the worst kind of fool without first passing through the simple and through every other kind of fool that there is until you arrive at this extreme. So how does this apply? Firstly, receive correction While you are still merely simple. Receive correction friends. And in fact delight in it. As Proverbs says. Rejoice. When you are rebuked by the word of the Lord. Because that is God's mercy. Rejoice at the mercy of God who will show you your sin. And will even offer to pay the price for it with his own blood. Friends, wisdom is a journey away from yourself and toward the Lord. So do not cling so desperately to your own authority. Secondly, let God be the judge That he is. Please friends. Whether you have been wise. Simple or foolish. Take your hands. Off of the throne. In your heart. You are not. The judge. So stop taking his seat. How do we do that? How do we let go of the throne? Proverbs gives us several practical examples. First, seek out the wise. If the scoffer doesn't go there, then that's exactly where you need to be. And who are the wise? They are those that draw you down the path of wisdom. Those that point you toward the Lord and away from yourself. Friends, the wise are the faithful friends who remind you that all of us are sinners who are worthy of judgment. But remind you that God paid the price for our sin. The wise are the mentors who humbly admit their own weakness and they seek forgiveness for their own sins with you. Friends, the wise are the teachers 
who help you to learn the truth of the gospel. And if the scoffer hates these things, then please, friends, love these things. Cling to these wise people who point you toward the Lord. Also, do not wait to learn wisdom from your own punishment. Proverbs calls to us to learn wisdom as we observe the scoffer. If we have encountered these kinds of people, do they have the peace and security of spirit? What is the fruit of their actions? Are they satisfied? Do they truly have hope when they face crisis? Are they free? Or are they slaves to themselves? Friends, learn from the scoffer. Please turn away from the selfish pursuit of the whims of your own heart. Because according to Proverbs, if the scoffer refuses to let God instruct him for their own good, then he will use them for the good instruction of others. Which brings us to the judge's verdict. What exactly does the judge say? How do we know what to look for as punishment of the scoffer? Because everyone faces suffering. Both the wise and the fool and even the scoffer have good things and bad things that happen to them in this life. So how exactly do we know that the fate of the worst kind of fool is so terrible, friends? Let's conclude this morning by considering what Proverbs has to say about the fate of the scoffer. Proverbs provides many descriptions of the fate of the scoffer. And none of them are good. Maybe unsurprisingly. Because a scoffer will not receive reproof. That is so important. Because a scoffer will not receive reproof. Their fate gets only progressively worse. It starts bad and it gets worse. It only begins with their own personal suffering. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 29. Condemnation is ready for scoffers and beating for the backs of fools. Friends, eventually everyone will recognize the folly of the scoffer. Because they will receive their just condemnation from both man and God. 
the pride of the arrogant, haughty man or woman who is so certain of their own righteousness and rejects the wisdom of the Lord cannot face the fundamental truth of the universe that God is God and they are not. They will be found guilty and they will be condemned. But the suffering that accompanies the scoffer doesn't simply affect them. It affects all of those who are around them. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 8. Scoffers set a city aflame. But the wise turn away wrath. So friends, as the scoffer suffers the consequences for his own foolishness, he does not repent. And the entire city is destroyed around them. Because they will receive the wrath that they have earned again from both man and God. Wrath will find them. But despite their own suffering and despite the destruction of those around them, the scoffer does not repent. They're not dissuaded from their sin until the whole world rejects them. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 9. The devising of folly is sin. And the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. It just gets worse. All of mankind will ultimately reject the foolishness that runs contrary to the truth of God. And perhaps this will not happen until the final judgment. But we are assured by the word of God that mankind will see the sin and the folly of the scoffer displayed before the throne of God. And they will call it an abomination. But by then... It is too late. The scoffer has rejected the truth of God, has suffered themselves, have caused others to suffer, have been rejected by all of mankind. And then the scoffer faces one final rejection. A rejection by God himself speaking of God Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34 says towards the scorners he is scornful but to the humble he gives favor do you see friends 
by rejecting God, the scoffer has placed themselves in exactly the place where they wanted to be as the crafter of their own fate. The scoffer is the worst kind of fool because they have built this fate themselves. But by the grace of God, this sermon is not to the scoffer. It is for the rest of us who are yet wise or simple. Because God is the merciful judge. And he gives favor to the humble. That is where our hope lies, friends. James quotes Proverbs in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. He quotes Proverbs chapter 3, saying, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace, friends. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Friends, God offers grace. How can God provide that grace to us who are guilty sinners? To the simple and even the fool. He offers it through his son, Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus, Paul says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Friends, this is how Almighty God restores those who come in humility to him. He restores us through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is what the scoffer has rejected. The very need of a savior. And the seeming foolishness of the cross. Because friends, the scoffer sees themselves as the only right judge. And so they hate the giver of life. And in doing so, embrace death. But they have not taken God from the throne. God is sovereign. And he not only gives grace to the humble through Jesus, but he has also used the very death of Jesus To conquer forever the power of death over those who come to him.
And that cross, friends, is how Jesus scoffs at death. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Friends, the cross is how God scoffs at the death which is embraced by the scoffer. The cross of Jesus, friends, is how we have victory. Friends, the scoffer is the worst kind of fool who rejects the hope of life through their Savior. The scoffer is the worst kind of fool who banks on the power of death which has already been defeated on the cross. The scoffer is the worst kind of fool to whom God is rightfully scornful. So please, friends, this morning, learn from the scoffer. And in humility, seek wisdom. Join with me as we submit to the truth of God. That we welcome His rule in our lives. And most of all, friends, I beg you to anchor your faith in Jesus. Who earned the victory on the cross. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you died for us. God, that you faced death, even death on a cross. And God, you were not defeated. You were elevated, God. You were raised up. Father God, we praise you that your son, Jesus, sits at the right hand of the throne of God. That we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tempted yet without sin. So God, this week I pray that we would confess our sins to you. God, that we would reject our foolishness. Lord, that we would turn away, that we would repent of the times we have tried to be the judge, God. I pray, Father, for salvation. God, I pray that you would change my heart, that you would drive me down the path of wisdom. God, that I would seek you diligently and not myself, Father. God, we praise your name. We sing praises to you, God. We glorify you. Because you are a God 
of both justice and mercy. And so, Father, we come before your throne humbly asking for the blood of Jesus to cover us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Amen.